Welcome back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Joined here with friend of the podcast, Jeremy. Uh, we're going to be breaking down the MLB All-Star Game weekend, Home Run Derby, all that fun stuff. Um, I am aware the last fan vote ends today, so we'll talk about who we, who we want in um, and then any snubs. Um, and if we have time at the end, we're going to be doing a little bit of MLB trade deadline. So, Jeremy, how are you doing? We're doing good. Um, I know the Twitter vote's going on right now, so go ahead and get your hashtags out for whoever you think is the best fit for the Final Four. Um, so um, we got some interesting guys. I think the NL, a lot of big markets in there. So, I mean, I see the winner being either Chris Bryant, um, Anthony Rendon. It's probably one of those two. And then over in the AL, um, Logan Morrison, of course, making big headway with his arguments with Gary Sanchez saying that Gary Sanchez doesn't belong in the home run derby. We'll get to that later, but we have him over in the AL final vote. Um, who else we got over there? D.D. Gregorius in the AL final vote. Please, Sir D.D. for sure. No. <laughs> the hashtag. Make sure you vote on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, so... Hashtag vote more. We'll, we'll jump into it right away. Um, so just AL starting lineup. Pretty much more of the same. We have uh, Salvador Perez out of KC as catcher. Justin Smoke, who's killing it this year at first base. He's smoking it. <laughs> Inside of the infield there, we got the Houston Astros, Correa and Altuve. Uh, Jose Ramirez at third base. Now that's pretty much the only question for me. Well, for me, it was Miguel Sano. Yes. But Jose Ramirez has been out of this world on fire lately. I think he has like a seven-game hit streak. He has hit like three or four home runs in those seven games. I mean, he's really been killing it for the Indians lately. And, of course, the Indians went to the World Series last year. They starting to get a really good fan base out in Cleveland. So the, we know the votes are coming in from that area. So I think the the Cleveland fan base kind of beat out the Minnesota fan base there, even though Sano might be the more deserving candidate. Yeah, uh, I think the huge thing with Sano, right, is, you know, he's a really good power hitter. But well, we're going to see that in the home run derby. So We will. Um, but he's going to – he's leading the league in strikeouts, I think. Uh, because he swings and misses, but if he hits it, you know it's gone, and that's kind of his that's kind of his shtick. Um, and you know, a lot of people might not want to see that. And like you said, Cleveland with the big fan base, as the Yankees have always had, fortunately. Well, um, speaking of the Yankees, the biggest vote getter of all All Star <laughs> players, Aaron Judge, another rookie. strikeout guy. But I mean, for oh, some, boy. somehow this guy is putting a case to win the Triple Crown as a rookie, and. This is out of nowhere. Like nobody expected Aaron Judge to come and hit over 300, and he's hitting like around 323, 330 right now. I think. Uh, I think as of yesterday, it was 339. Yeah, I mean that's ridiculous for a power hitter like him to hit with that kind of average. So. And the thing is, is he's not only a power hitter like you're saying. He's yeah. got a great batting average. Um, we talked about it like a couple months ago, trying to compare it to any other big guys that are still hitting this wall, like Frank Thomas, notoriously. It was a big guy. It was a power hitter. And it's like, oh, you know, what was his career batting average? You know what it was? Probably like 250. 301. Frank Thomas Frank was 301? Thomas, career batting average, 301. So Aaron Judge, I'm not comparing him to Frank Thomas yet. Um, I guess I didn't watch you know, too much Frank Thomas on my day. <laughs> yeah, I'm all the way in on the on the, on the the hype train for Judge, though. Um, beginning of the year, I was like, all right, like, how is this going to go? I'm like, people are going to figure him out as he's facing people more. But he's learning and he's getting better. Obviously... Um, from last year, so you were saying we saw this out of nowhere. He played about 20, 30 games last year, near the end of the season. Um, not enough to consider him, 
you know, service time, so he's still a rookie this year. But he changed his batting stance. He's slouching down a little bit, which is making the strike zone smaller. And like, like you know, he is he is a big guy. He's um, huge. So it's still a big strike zone, but he's he's all the way back, and he has such a wide reach that he's gonna hit anything you're throwing at him. You can't pitch him in a spot where he's not gonna hit it, um, a la Anthony Rizzo who crowds the plate like nobody else. Yeah. Um, well, I just can't wait to see Aaron Judge and Giancarlo yes. stand, standing next to each other. Finally, get that yes. photo of the twins as their Stanton is calling Judge because they've never met before. I mean, I want to see these guys stand side by side and see the actual difference because I think Judge is actually gonna make Stanton look a little small. Oh well, we saw the picture of him and Altuve from well, this I mean, past Altuve's week. Altuve's five ten, five eleven. But so. that's the beauty of baseball, is that we have a guy who's five seven, and a guy who's six seven. And they're one and two in the American League batting average. That's why I love baseball. Size doesn't matter. No, you can be any size. And yeah, I mean, greatly. You know, when you have smaller guys, they're typically outfielders or you know second baseman kind of. Um, But still, the fact that Judge is six seven and he still steals bases and like has legitimate speed. It's terrifying, and he's something created out of a lab. But I'm going to end the Yankee tangent. We'll save it for later. All right, so rounding out the rest of the outfit, we got Mookie Betts. Of course, he's replacing Mike Trout with Mike Trout's thumb injury, um, and there's got to be a Boston Red Sox in the line, Red Sox player in the lineup, so he's going to be in the lineup playing out in the outfit with Judge. Of George Springer to put three Astros in the starting lineup, which is well-deserving. The Astros, I mean, have been absolutely on fire. They've cooled down of late, but they're – one of the better teams in baseball this year for sure their pitching has been dynamite and so has their offense and then Corey Dickerson another surprise another power guy that you don't really expect to hit for average and hitting way over 300 so I know he had to edge out Nelson Cruz in the end um with the smaller fan base in Tampa I'm happy that he got in because he was definitely a deserving candidate we'll see and that's kind of the contrast between you and I is that you're a fan of a smaller market I'm, I'm a, a fan, fan of the best player getting it no I'm a fan of well, I am too, to a point, but I'm also a fan of a larger market, so we, we have different viewpoints on this. Like, you're a huge fan. We'll come and talk to us later when it goes to the MLB Dirt, uh, the Home Run Derby, um, and anyone that's following it knows what we're going to get at. But, you know, it, it fan vote is a huge influence on these things, uh, which in the case of the Home Run Derby, it isn't a fan vote. But I'm not going to get into that too much. We'll move to the NL before we get any further. Florida State alumni, Buster Posey, catcher. <laughs> There's no argument there. Buster Posey is, is in a league of his own for he's, NL catchers. Well, in the and in the whole league, you could argue, he's been a top three catcher for like five years ever since he's come in. There hasn't been someone that he's, I mean, what, he missed some time for a little bit. But besides that, have you could name three other catchers that have been better than Buster Posey? I kind of just put Buster Posey and Salvador Perez like above everybody else. I mean, mm-hmm. they both can hit for average. They both can drive the ball out of the park, and they can b- both drive in a lot of runs. So I think they're kind of like the top tier of catching than everybody else's. And they're both great them. defensively at the same time. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is you can have catchers that, you know, hit for – like, I think Gary Sanchez eventually is going to be a first baseman slash DH because, you know, he's he's good defensively, but I think Austin Romine's better. He's better with the Yankees pitching staff. Um, well, it's kind of like a Schwarber situation there. I mean, exactly. you have the great power hitter, and you're going to want to keep him in the lineup, but do you want him still back there if your catching is going to struggle? And, of course, he's going to learn have to learn how to call a game. Um, 
course, with the Yankees staff right now, could be a little difficult with him with the younger players. But, I mean, he's doing a pretty good job. The Yankees are doing a lot better than a lot of people thought they were going to do this year. So, And we're back to the Yankees. So, uh, yeah, on... let's, get, let's get to the NL now. So, um, so we got two Nationals over um, on the right side of the infield with Ryan Zimmerman and Daniel Murphy, two other guys that definitely deserve to be there. I mean, how about Ryan Zimmerman? I mean, do you think this is just a case of him finally being healthy, or is this a except, breakout year? What except is he decides to fall off as soon as I trade for him. But nonetheless, you know, I think he's learned from Daniel Murphy. I think he's picking up some of the hitting mechanics, and he's been better this year. And I, I really, really, fingers crossed that second half is a lot better. But yeah, I mean, I, he's been talking. I know he um, says he takes a lot of advice from Daniel Murphy. He said Daniel Murphy's a very big sabermetrics guy, and Ryan Zimmerman's not really that type. But, I mean, I guess he should keep listening to Murphy with both of them hitting well over 300. I mean, that seems to be the case this year. A bunch of guys hitting well over 300. And then... Um, another surprise over there at shortstop, Zach Cozart. I mean, nobody really from the NL shortstops really jumped out this year. They don't have a Carlos Correa, Francisco Lindor in the NL. So it was good to see Cozart um, get into the shortstop position. You think Joey Votto is going to buy him a donkey? I don't know. Maybe. it's. I <laughs> would a, love to see it. On intentional talk, he told me buy him a donkey. So <laughs> Well, and then if you go over to the hot corner, third base, Nolan Arenado. He got in. He deserved it. But did he? He J- did deserve Jake it. Jake Lamb is having a no. franchise year for Arizona. No. Jake Lamb will probably be the DH. That's fine. Nolan Arenado is also a gold glove third baseman. No, Nolan Arenado is the best third baseman in the MLB. There's no so argument So he deserves it. it. He, de- he <laughs> deserves it in the popularity point of things. But if you're looking at pure numbers, I mean, Jake Lamb is, was leading the NL in RBIs for a good portion of I think he might have been surpassed now, but Jake Lamb has been a breakout season for him. Of course, mm-hmm. Diamondbacks very hitter-friendly park. Great lineup to hit in, too. But Nolan Arenado's playing for the Colorado Rockies, so you have the same argument for there. So along with Arenado, we have his wonderful teammate, Charlie Blackman, playing the outfield. Have any thoughts on Charlie Blackman specifically, besides the mountain man look? Because I, I love it. I mean, he's really a player that's played well for a couple of years now, and this is the first year he's really getting acknowledgement. Um, I'm interested to see him hit in the home run derby because, of course, he does play in Denver, and he's not really known for his power. He's more of an average hitter, so and he's been driving in a lot of runs this year. So it'll be interesting to see how things pan out. Of course, we'll get into the matchup and everything later about the home run derby, but he's definitely a well-deserving candidate, and I'm glad he's starting. So from Charlie Blackman, we go to Marcelo Zuna. Your hometown kid. I'm just glad Jason Hayward and Ben Zobris were both leading Marcelo Zuna. And Jason Hayward is hitting below 250. Ben Zobris has been hurt a lot of the year. So is Hayward. Ozuna's over there hitting 320. He, I think he's now up to 23 home runs. He's in this. He's hitting somewhere in the 50s for RBI. I mean, he is the MVP of the, of the Miami Marlins. And he might even have a case... If Zimmerman and Murphy start slowing down, he keeps it going to be an NL MVP candidate. Of course, the Marlins are way in the cellar of the NL East. Nobody's going to catch the Washington Nationals. But he's having an MVP-type year any other season besides this year with Zimmerman just killing things. Well, I think, so, you being a Marlins fan, you know more than anybody, they're having like a fire sale, pretty much. How many guys did they hang on to? You know, that you think they would hang on to the Ozuna, Stanton, Bohr, those three, because they're their best three players right now, you would argue. And, but if they can get a lot for Ozuna or Bohr, I how much how much would they have to get offered to say no? 
See, this is my problem. So, I'll, I'll go on a little tangent with the Marlins since you brought up. This is my problem with the Marlins. Their offense is arguably one of the top five offenses in Major League Baseball. National League. No, Major League Baseball. And I'll tell you why. Stanton has 23 home runs. Ozuna has 23 home runs. And Bohr has 21 home runs. So the three of them are absolutely stroking. Christian Yelich hasn't even done anything quite this year yet. And he is a 300 hitter for his career. JT Romuto is hitting close to 300. Martin Prado hasn't even been playing this year. And D. Gordon, we know, won a battle and title a couple years ago. Of course, there's all the hoopla about him using performance enhancing drugs and everything. But he's a table setter at the beginning of that lineup. So they have a great lineup. The problem is their ace is Edinson Volquez. Of course, he threw a no-hitter this year, but he also started the year 0-7. Their number two is Dan Straley. Neither yeah. of those household names. So we know the big problem is pitching. And with their pitching, they're not going to get any great pitchers. But if they trade some of these prolific offensive players, they can bring in the pitching. But the question is, these guys are controllable over all these years. And Ozuna and Bohr at a very good cost. Stanton, not so much. But is is it going to be able to happen where Stanton waves his no-trade clause, a team takes on the money, or they figure out something with the money, and the commissioner is going to have to okay these trades because of the sale of the team also. So things are interesting. My, in my one point that I'll make is I've never been a fan of a guy who makes 30% of the cap of the team. It makes it extremely hard for you to do things. I don't care how good he is unless he is leading every single offensive category if he is uh, an everyday player by – a very large amount. Um, but besides that, yeah, be on the lookout for the Marlins to make some moves, hopefully for pitching, and hopefully they don't blow up the offense too, too much. Um, last last starter in the outfield, we got Bryce Harper. Pretty boy Bryce Harper. And the Nationals tie the Astros with three starters. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, Bryce Harper is having the Bryce Harper year. Pretty consistent. Um, it'll be – I'm wondering how much – he'll get in free agency when he eventually goes. It's going to be upwards of the Stanton contract, and what you just talked about with Stanton, you're not going to feel so bad about that because Harper's probably going to blow it away, and Manny Machado's coming on free agency too, and he's going to blow it away. So when those two get paid, people will stop talking as much about Stanton making $325 million over 13 years. But if he goes to the Yankees, which I wouldn't want Harper on the Yankees. I'd rather have Machado. Um, but regardless, if either of those guys went to the Yankees who are very happy to spend that much money, I could see either of them pulling $400 million easy. Yeah, for sure. Easy. I mean, Machado still has the defensive capabilities to play shortstop, too. So I know the Orioles are saying, oh, we're going to leave him at third base and stuff. But if a team wanted to go ahead and sign Machado and make him their star shortstop, he could play there defensively still. And I think if you can have a shortstop putting up his type of numbers, even though his numbers are down this year, he's worth a lot of money. Like A-Rod was in the 90s and early 2000s even. Um, But as you know, uh, NL, the manager chooses a DH. So I I would think, one would think that the smart choice would be Giancarlo Stanton. You know, the hometown guy makes sense. Hometown, power hitter. He's really good. Um, but do you think maybe Cody Bellinger being on a hot streak right now sways it or even Jake Lamb, as you said, who might have been starting at third base? Yeah, I think it's between Goldschmidt, Lamb, Stanton, and Bellinger. Narrow it to two. Um, I'm going to go Stanton and Bellinger. Um, the year that Bellinger's, I mean, Bellinger is just like Aaron Judge, the, just not the average. The year he is having hitting home runs over at Dodger Stadium is just incredible. 
Um, it's not an easy stadium to hit home runs in either. No, not at all. And he, the thing, he reminds me a lot of Jock Peterson when Jock Peterson first came up. He hit a lot of home <laughs> runs and everything. So Dodger fans got to hope that his he doesn't just go downhill in the second half because teams are going to start learning to pitch to him, pitching to him in different ways and seeing how he adjusts. So we'll and guess, see. guess what happened? Jock Peterson can... And guess what happened? Jock Peterson competed in the home run derby, and then he went downhill. Oh, Bellinger! Cody Bellinger is competing in the home run derby. And the, Sell high on Cody Bellinger. Kinda, their swings kind of remind me of each other a little bit too. They both have that uppercut, lefty, lofty swing. So we'll see. Really upright too. I will say, as yeah, someone who loves mechanics, um, both of those guys being as upright and stiff as they are, and the fact that they still have such a quick swing and their hands turn over beautifully. I think that's a, a key thing that a lot of people overlook. Um, I, I like both of them. Um, yeah. I think Stanton gets the DH. Miami Joe Madden seems to be a sensible human being. Yeah. Well, um, he already asked Don Maddenly to join his staff and coach with him. I know that was going through the MLB and everything, so we'll see if that actually happens. But before we get into the home run derby and all these big power hitters this year, and they broke a record this year for one month, the home run, so maybe the ball's juice or something. Maybe we could talk about that stuff too, but let's get into starting pitchers. So for American League and National League, who do you think will be picked as starting pitchers? Um, American League, I mean, the top couple choices, you have Chris Sale, and Corey Kluber, in my mind. Those are the only two guys. You know, like, you can't forget about Jason Vargas' career year, but nah. at the same time, Jason Vargas is a no-name for a Kansas City team that is not really playing that well this year. He might pitch in the middle innings, probably fourth, fifth, if I had to guess. Depends on how the starters do. Um, but Chris Sale, striking out, extremely high rate. You know, if Chris Sale starts the All-Star game, he'll be the first player in MLB history to start back-to-back All-Star games for different teams. Oh. You know, you know, that's actually I didn't know about that. Um, if you would have asked me if there had ever been someone else, I would have said Roger Clemens, but that didn't happen because you know. I mean, it, it does. It just doesn't happen. And normally, most cases, if a guy gets traded like that or he signs for another team, it's rare to see the production stay the same or get better. And as much as I don't like Chris Sale, especially now that he plays on the Red Sox specifically. Um, you know, he is really cutting down these batters. And he's going... Pun intended. He's going down. from the AL Central to the AL East, too. So he's pitching in a lot tougher division, and he's really showing that he still has it. And he's always pitched well against the AL East, and that's something that's always been extremely scary. Um, and then Corey Kluber, um, you know... That fantasy trade. <laughs> yeah, that fantasy trade. Um, he's been pitching really, really well. Yeah, he's on my team. Like I know the last that. five starts. Um, and you know, he was hurt for missed like what four or five stars probably. Um, but he's been great. I would say Dallas Keuchel, Dallas Keuchel's hurt, but I, if you had to pick between Kluber and sale, I don't know, man, would you, do you start sale? Who's a lefty and then bring in Kluber who's a righty or vice versa? I, whatever the case, those I mean, two are going to be one, a one B maybe if they find out what the NL lineup is going to be before the game starts and before they have to announce their starting pitcher, they can do it that way. Cause I mean, if they're batting, Charlie Blackman second and Bryce Harper third or Blackman lead off and Harper third or something like that. Maybe go sail at the beginning and then bring in Kluber when the righties go next. I do know one thing for sure. Sometimes we see starters go two, three innings in the All-Star game. 
I don't think we're going to see that all this year because the All-Star Game doesn't mean World Series home field advantage anymore. So the game is more of a, just an exhibition game. So I, I don't think we see any starters going more than any. And I think it's a lot more they're going to try to get everybody into the game. And for pitching, it's going to be tough to get everybody in the game. It's probably not going to happen unless they go matchups later on. But um, it's going to be interesting there. So before we get into the Home Run Derby, the AL dominates the All-Star Game. They have always dominated the All-Star Game. I don't know what's up with the NL. You look at the rosters every year and you're like, how is the American League just so amazing? Um, do you think this year it continues to be an AL-dominated game? Yes. And if Mike Trout was playing, double yes. But well, he's not. So So what's the key to the game for the AL? Is it is the starting lineup better? Is the starting pitcher better? Is it the back of the bullpen with Andrew Miller or Roldis Chapman and all these guys? I mean, what's going to put the AL on top for you? I would originally argue that it would just be power hitting and just the ability to I'm pretty sure most of those guys that are starting are hitting above 280. Um, but that's the thing, too, is the AL can put up three runs. And if you're running, I don't know, Sale, Kluber, Jason Vargas, Chapman, Andrew Miller, Andrew Miller Dylan Batanzas, Craig Kimball. If Batanzas can get things together. like I wouldn't even I wouldn't even pitch Batanzas. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh, but Kimball's been downright nasty this year. And that's the thing. You could have... Kimbrell and Kenley Jansen, I mean, both of them. Oh, my gosh. Kenley Jansen didn't walk a batter for the longest time. I mean, he was just outright – he's been outright filthy. And same thing with Craig Kimbrell. I mean, they're both – I think in a a year, if if you put Craig Kimbrell in the NL, and, I mean, maybe they argue this for if Scherzer or somebody wasn't having such a great year, that you could argue that they could be a Cy Young as a closer, the, the impact they're making. Zach Britton had that same case last year. Um, but it still went to Mike Trout. Um, but I think Zach Britton last year is going to be the closest we'll see to a MVP closer candidate for a while. Well, MVP is really tough for a closer. I think more Cy Young. But yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy the years these closers are having. So one more. I know I keep saying we'll get to the home run derby after this. One snub from you from the All Star game. Who should have got in that didn't? Well, get in? let me let me touch on the National League starting pitcher first. So Kershaw. Oh, sure, we didn't even get to that. Kershaw game. is pitching Sunday. He, he won't pitch. He'll probably get replaced by Alex Wood, who had a fantastic outing last There's night. There's my snub right there, Alex Wood. Guys, well, he might not be a snub. He might, he might not be a snub because I think he's going to take Kershaw's spot. But this is a man that's 10-0, has a sub-2 ERA, and is arguably out-pitching Kershaw for the Dodgers this year. I mean, he has been outright filthy. Watched his game last night. I mean, nobody can touch this guy right now. And with this Dodgers offense, you, you don't even have to be as great as him to be 10 You could argue, well, he's 10-0 because this offense is just so great. But he has a sub-two area at the same time. Even, the, I know the Giants and the Padres are in this division, and they're pretty much easy wins this year. But I think Alex Wood would be the snub if he doesn't take Kershaw's spot. He is everything the Braves wanted him to be. And that's the story of the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, that hurt um, jerky motion. So make, make a case against Max Scherzer because I don't see anyone besides Max Scherzer deserving to start this game I for the NL. I can because Max Scherzer, one of his losses this year came in a game when he had a no-hitter until the eighth inning, and he ended up blowing the game just sort of like kind of a fluke sort of thing how his offense really wasn't contributing because he was throwing a no-hitter and everything and everybody thought the game was in the back so that's a loss for Max Scherzer this year and I mean the amount of movement and stuff this guy gets and the velocity he still has at his age is just incredible so I think we're gonna I'm thinking Max Scherzer and I mean as you said it's probably gonna end up being Chris Sale 
um, for the All-Star game. We'll see who the managers depend um, end up picking, but it'll be interesting. So before we get too deep into the home run derby, the first matchup we're going to talk about is Giancarlo Stanton against Gary Sanchez. Um, can I just first and foremost say I hate the bracket format. It is dumb. It is stupid because two guys could hit 21 home runs and 20 home runs. Sorry, you hit 20 home runs. You don't deserve to make it. No, open field, it, it ruins the home run derby. Um, th- thankfully, this year we have two guys that are monster 500-foot kind of home run hitters. Um, but because that eight seed is currently occupied by Gary Sanchez, who is averaging 422 feet on his 13 home runs, I will say that. Logan Morrison has 24. <laughs> you would rather have Logan Morrison, and I understand that, but it wasn't a fan vote. I think if it went more to a fan vote, we would have seen the Tampa Bay Rays fans get him in there over the Yankee fans. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Fan vote, I mean, fans still might have wanted to see the big market Jer- Gary Sanchez hit, and supposedly he's the best BP hitter, home run hitter on the Yankees, better yes. than Aaron Judge, so... We're going to see as he gets to face the defending champion, Giancarlo Stanton, in his home ballpark. Upset alert. It's going to happen. No, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we'll see Stanton and Judge in the finals, or at least I hope, because that would be amazing, and they're both massive human beings who are changing the way we think about baseball players. Well, I love how they had Stanton as the one and Judge as the two. I mean, I think you easily could have put Judge as the one and Stanton as the two either way, but, I mean, you got to give the defending champ the one seed. But I love how, at least with these brackets, they made it so we can all see the what we want at the very end so that'll be interesting but so first first matchup we both have stanton making it through are you gonna give it stanton yeah i mean gary's gary's young it's the first time in the derby for him it is stanton's home home field field advantage but even though it might be gary's home field advantage because we know when the yankees come to marlins park there's more yankee fans than marlin fans so we'll see how many marlin fans buy tickets for the derby in the all-star game but it could be home field advantage for gary and aaron judge we'll see the next matchup is probably my going to be the closest i think in the first round it's between moustakis and miguel sano and i think because it's a bp thing and you don't have to worry about striking out Miguel Sano is going to win because if he makes contact with the ball, it, it flies like really, really fast. I think his exit velocity is like second to judge this year on average. It's absolutely ridiculous. And that'd be a fun second round matchup with Sano and Stanton. So yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards Sano too. Um, he was great when I heard the, about the home run derby and all the candidates starting to come out. I was hoping that this guy would get an invite because. Again, he's a guy that plays for the Twins. He lost his love for the starting position in the fan vote, and I'm glad he's getting a chance to at least win over some people in the Home Run Derby. So two rookies in the Home Run Derby. I know. It's crazy. Um, So Cody Bellinger and Charlie Blackman next. Lefty contest, so at least we don't have the lefty-righty if we think there's an advantage one way or the other. Of course, Bellinger, the man that has just hopped onto the scene, turning into Home Run Derby, you think he has the perfect swing for this. And then Blackman, as I see more of a gaps RBI guy that hits at Coors Field. So, I mean, just based on the swing and everything, I, I got to say Cody Bellinger is going to win in this round. Based on the fact that Charlie Blackman plays in a stadium that has a significant advantage towards home run hitters. Well, John Gray just hit a 457-foot home run for his first career home run, a pitcher. So, yeah, I think the ball flies a little bit hey, there. Just, just a little bit. I want to see Aaron Judge play there. Has he got to Colorado yet? Uh, I don't think so this season. Yeah. Moving moving down, Aaron Judge, my the the apple of my eye, Aaron Judge, against your Justin Bohr. And I know you're going to make an argument. It's Justin Bohr's home park. He's a lefty. He's going to hit more home runs. He's used to it. 
I don't know. I mean, the Mar Marlins Park plays pretty fair. If I would give an advantage, I'd probably give it a little bit more to the lefties at their park. Um, of course, Justin Bohr is the hometown guy, but again, it's a Yankee. There's Yankee fans everywhere, especially at Marlins Park. So, b before we eliminate, you know, eliminate everyone from the field and just start talking about the second round, who hits the furthest home run? You can pick anybody. It doesn't matter if they're eliminated in the first round or not. Who hits the furthest home run? Is the glass wall open in left field? Because if the glass yeah. wall is not open in left field, Stanton and Judge will make it open by the time they're both done. Because <laughs> they will break the glass wall. So they're so, going to leave it open. Yeah. And I hope the roof's open, too, because the ball flies with the roof open. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's a better atmosphere. I mean, I know it's going to be like 95 degrees in Miami with the roof open. But I think at least for the home run derby, open it, maybe close it for the All-Star game. It's also going to depend on weather and stuff. Of course, they're really picky there at Marlins Park. But I feel like... In the first round, Stanton's going to have the longest home run, but I feel like later on, Judge is going to end up surpassing him. The reason I think Stanton's going to have in the first round is he's coming to his home ballpark. He's going to be amped up. He's used to hitting there. And I think he's going to wear himself out a little bit early on because he's going to be so amped up and trying to hit the long balls. But we're going to see a ball go over 500 feet this year in the home run derby for sure. Gary Sanchez hits the furthest home run at 512 feet. Book it. I'm, I'm calling it. I wish I could make a specific bet with that, but I think Gary Sanchez will do it. Um, you know, unfortunately, hot take here: the best spot for the home run derby at Marlins Park isn't in the stadium. It's outside. standing outside the stadium, <laughs> below the Clevelander in that little lot area. If you stand down there, you're going to get a home run ball. If you don't want to pay the money for the tickets, go stand there. I'm telling you now. So we're just a little bit over 30 minutes. So we'll kind of try and wrap it as quick as we can. Second round, Stanton Sano. Is there an argument to make? No. Um, Stanton killed everybody last year. Yeah. I mean, Stanton hit a derby record of 61 home runs last year. Of course, it's the time slot now. It's not the outs and everything. But I honestly think the outs would be better for a guy like Stanton because he can take his time. and uh, For Judge, too, I, I still am all for the outs. But with the time slot, I think because Stanton has done this before, too, he knows how it's done. He knows how to keep himself a little under control and everything of course he is going to try to show off and yes defend his title but we'll see but i see stant moving on and then let's we got bellinger judge and the other one what do you see the battle of the rookies dude judge judge is he there was a home run he hit in one of the games this year it went to right field it came off his bat and i was like that's a double on the gap and then it's over the wall like at least like six rows up i'm like why like why is that a thing yeah. He is so strong, it is stupid. And if he like saves his energy, and that's it's a final round where you have a you have a Stanton and a Judge both rested well, that's and what, ready that's to go. That's what we all want. Just cranking it. There's there's times where he will swing out of his shoes. I'm gonna guarantee he whiffs at least one, but it'll be you think the ball like just disappeared or it exploded because of how hard he was swinging. Um, I have a Judge Stanton final 1-2 pretty cut and dry, um, mostly because it's something everyone has wanted as soon as Aaron Judge has come onto the scene this year. Um, Who do, you, do you have Stanton defending his title, or do you have Judge dethroning him? I have Judge him? dethroning him. That's How is that a question? And it's perfect that you're a Marlins fan, I'm a Yankees fan. There's no way that Judge doesn't win, unless like he gets hurt or something. Because he's... Man, he's 6'7", 260. He's a right fielder. Stanton is almost the same size. Arguably, he's a little smaller. 
as long. I don't know if anybody saw Jeff Conine throw to Griffin Conine in the college home run derby. Jeff Conine was absolutely terrible. Sorry, Jeff Conine, you're still Mr. Marlin. You're awesome. Stay behind the plate. I know you got drafted as a pitcher, but you are straight hitter now <laughs> if you try a comeback or anything. But Stanton's done this before. Judge hasn't. I, the timing format, it's really big on pacing yourself and everything. Judge and Stanton are both guys that just drive the ball really deep. I think Judge is going to try to put on a show just because what people have said. I mean, people already know what Stanton can do, but Judge is going to try to outdo Stanton, and I think in the end that's going to be making Judge exert too much energy, and I think Stanton's going to come with a slim victory in his home ballpark. It's got, you got to get the story tale ending for Stanton there. But have you seen Aaron Judge hit his batting practice home runs into the hot dog stands in the back of the concourse? Dude, before anybody talked about Aaron Judge home runs and BP, it what was, was everybody it talking was about? Carlos Stanton. Stanton? They're the same guy. Stanton's saying this is his twin that he never met. So, Judge is a better overall hitter and hits the ball at a higher rate. But this isn't about who's a better overall hitter. But if it matters if you can put the ball bat on the ball more consistently... I it's, think it it's matters. It's the home run derby. They're both going to put the bat on the ball consistently. I I will be sitting in front of the TV the whole time. I won't be moving, and I really hope Aaron Judge wins. Thank you. Um, if anything happens in MLB trade deadline or anything significant that warrants a whole podcast for it, we'll be more than happy to tape. Um, but thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Hashtag vote more. Hashtag SirDD for sure. Thank you to all of our people that help us out here at Sports Landing. Bold City Records for our music. Anyone who has subscribed to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, follow us on Twitter. Uh, make sure you leave a rating and a review. We appreciate it. Thank you. You know where we are. You know where we're at. We're out.